0: sales professionals who shared their stories and experiences, like how to leverage your sales talent, scale your sales team, and close more deals. My name's Paige, and our host, Joseph Fung, is here with Jackie Murphy, VP of Marketing, and Mercedes Geimer, Business Development Manager of Avic Networks, to discuss the relationship between sales and marketing teams. Let's jump in.
1: Jackie and Mercedes, thanks so much for, for joining us. To kind of warm things up, maybe you could help us out with a bit of an introduction. You know, what's what are your backgrounds and what brought you to Ovik?
2: Uh So what brought me to Ovic was Mark Morin. I worked with Mark at a company called PicStream back in 1999 in the dark ages, the Internet bubble. And Mark was one of the founders of PicStream, and it was such a great experience that uh, then when he reached out uh, to me about Avic, I jumped at the opportunity. So I had done a little bit of a stint in venture capital in between the two opportunities, 10 years worth of venture capital investing. And so I have an idea of the type of company that I want to work for uh, after seeing how many different companies are out there. And Avic met all of the criteria, you know, nice, nice large market, receptive customer base, great team, growing market and talented engineers. So yeah, jumped at the opportunity to work with Mark again. So
3: actually, it's really interesting how Jackie says that Mark is what brought her to Avic because the reason I came to Avic was because of Jackie. So I used to work at the Perimeter Institute for Theoretical Physics, and a colleague of mine volunteered with Jackie. And uh, she said, you know, if you are looking for an incredible manager to work with and to learn from and to grow with, you need to talk to Jackie Murphy. And she said, it does not matter what you do. If you were on her team, you will be better for it. And I said, okay, sign me up. And it's probably the best choice I've ever made in my career is to move to Avic and to work with this team. So I feel incredibly lucky. I'll slip you that twenty later, Mercedes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you're you're not the the only one that's lucky. We're we're so thrilled to be be sitting and chatting with you. You know, we've heard amazing things about, about your team. I know that we've uh, seen amazing work from, from the company and from yourselves. And looking forward to learning a little bit more about how you guys run your ship. Awesome. One of the things that we we bump into regularly as we talk to sales leaders when they're building out a development organization, you know, maybe they've just made the move to to stratify their organization or they're moving into a new market, they often start off with their development reps reporting into sales. Whereas at Avic the the BDRs report into marketing. Uh, Can you comment a little bit about what that structure's like?
2: The nice thing about having the BDR team reporting into marketing is it, it adds a certain level of accountability for the marketing team. So the BDR leadership sits around the table with the marketing leadership. And so if there are any issues in terms of lead volume or lead quality, we get that feedback almost instantly. And then also from a marketing team perspective, it makes our metrics so much more concrete because we can actually track that first part of the funnel and we are accountable for that first half of the funnel. And so we can see exactly how many qualified opportunities are being passed over to the sales team. And it's our team's responsibility for qualifying those opportunities. And we have a quota associated with it. So it's very concrete as a metric.
1: Can you tell us a little bit more about some of the specific metrics and and do you differentiate between leads that come from your BDRs versus leads that maybe come from other channels?
2: So we have a pretty singular funnel. So we have a number of different lead sources, obviously, that come in. So we have leads that come Mm -hmm. in through search engine marketing. We have leads that come in through events. And then we have also a database of people that we've talked to in the past who have expressed an interest in Auvik in the past. So those are our three primary lead sources at this point. And all of those leads are worked by the BDR team. So uh, all of the leads are generated by marketing and then all of the leads work through the BDR team before they get to the sales team. So all leads flow through the marketing department before they get to sales.
1: Often the question about the the role of a of BDR uh, or a development team comes in when we talk about alignment. You know, How do we keep marketing and sales aligned? You know, We'd love to, to hear your comments on, on what do you think are some of the, the things that happen? What are some of the consequences when marketing and sales fall out of alignment?
2: So certainly efficiency uh, is the biggest thing I would say uh, that we focus on in terms of the sales and marketing alignment here at OVIC. So we're constantly looking at things like conversion metrics, and we've got the front part of the funnel conversion metrics, we've got the second half of mm. the funnel conversion metrics, and then we've got that pass off between the marketing team, BDR, and sales. So looking at the conversion metrics as leads flow from one team to the next team. So from a From a metrics and reporting perspective, we keep a really close eye on those types of things. But I think even beyond that, it's really the the human element that's super critical, right? When you talk about sales and marketing alignment. And at the end of the day, we're all people and we all work together. We're all on the same team. And so we really try to not segment our groups as much as we possibly can. So one of the reasons we actually have the BDR team in marketing is to make our metrics more similar to the sales metrics so that we are all aiming towards the same objectives. But we don't want the BDR metrics to be so far removed that they're out of their control. So, for example, our BDRs, uh, their variable compensation is based on the number of qualified leads that they pass to the sales team as opposed to MRR, because they can control the number of leads that are passed to the sales team. Beyond that, it's really out of their control whether or not those, those opportunities convert. So while the metrics are aligned in terms of they're all heading in the same direction, they are still within the control of the BDR team. But from a social perspective, I mean, we do things like training together, we have a sales and marketing gathering that happens every couple of months where we get both teams together. Alex Hoff, who runs sales here at Avic, and I work very closely from a strategy perspective and really try to keep our teams aligned.
1: And So human processes don't always go perfectly smoothly and and sometimes you have bumpy relationships maybe between individuals or organizations. What what would be some of those concerns or maybe some of the complaints that you've seen as you handle those kind of handoffs or the transitions from marketing to sales?
2: Within any organization, there are obviously speed bumps. We have absolutely had those. At the beginning of last year, we were a team of 30 and now we're Mm -hmm. a team of 120. So going through that kind of growth is pretty crazy. And I will say that the most interesting thing that I've observed in growing that rapidly and that this is the first company. Well, that's, that's not entirely true. Pickstream also grew very quickly, but I haven't experienced that for a while. So watching that growth and seeing all of these new people join the company so quickly, you've got this small team of 30 that kind of has the culture and the, the feeling of the company ingrained in them. And then you have this big whack of people who join all at the same time, all of whom are amazing people with great vision and great intelligence and ideas to bring to the table. And they want to start delivering value right away. So they jump in and they're, you know, super enthusiastic. And the people who have been there up until that point say, whoa, 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 you know, don't change everything all at once. And so there is a little bit of tension as you're growing that quickly. And one of the things that we did as a team was really try to Manage the discussions that were happening around that time. So as there was tension, we nipped it in the bud, right? We'd get the people together. We'd try to figure out what the root of the issue was. We'd try to get that communication going and smooth that out as quickly as we possibly could. Because here, you know, we have the set of tenants called the Avic Way, and we really truly try to live by them. And anytime we see that someone is violating one of the Avic Way tenants, we, we action it very quickly and try to preserve that culture. And I think on the other side of that massive growth now, we've slowed our hiring a little bit, although it doesn't feel like we've slowed our growth <laughs> <laughs> because we still seem we added seven more people last Wednesday. So I'm not sure that it's actually slowing, but it seems like we're much better able to manage that growth now than we were before. Uh, although I, I hear that at every stage you, you go through the same kind of growth and growing pain. So I expect we'll see it again fairly soon.
1: You know, what would be an example of uh, you know, one of your tenants and, and then how you manage that?
2: Are you looking for dirt, Joseph?
1: Absolutely.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sharing any dirt. <laughs> One of the Ovic way tenants is we keep secrets. Just kidding. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not at all. <laughs> no. We all love each other here at Ovic. <laughs> there are no problems.
1: <laughs> no dirt for so- me. So keeping, keeping things kind of kind of clean, let's step, let's step back up a little bit. You talked about how uh, you you work very closely with sales you know when you're when you're doing strategic planning. And so as you you think about your growth plans, keeping the BDRs underneath the marketing umbrella, how does that impact the strategic conversations when you're doing your planning, when you're you're doing your forecasting?
2: So we just went through a really interesting planning exercise, so funny that you should ask this question. In the past, our key metric for marketing has been number of meetings booked per week. And up until a few weeks ago, that was a fantastic metric for us because it made, again, the accountability very, very clear. Each BDR knew that they were responsible for booking three meetings a day, 15 meetings per week. It was very, very clear. We did notice, though, that from an MRR perspective, our deal size was decreasing a little bit. And so we were trying to think about, you know, how can we continue to have our deal size increase over time? And we realized that number of meetings booked isn't a great indicator of what your revenue is going to be, right? Because deal size affects your revenue as well. So we tried to find a better representation of MRR but at the BDR level. And we realized that endpoints under management, which is uh, a metric that our partner customers track, was actually a better indicator of how our revenue would scale. So we switched from measuring per meeting booked to measuring number of endpoints booked per month. And so now we have a team quota in terms of number of endpoints, which is a much tighter relationship with that MRR number. So that was sales coming to us and saying, we have this MRR quota that we need to hit. You have this meetings booked quota that you need to hit. Let's let's figure out if there's a tighter alignment there in terms of our two metrics that we track in order to achieve the company objectives overall.
3: I'd say that it's really the opportunity to have open communication with the sales team that allows us to do that. So being able to jump into a conversation with our VP of sales and VP of uh, marketing and say, okay, so this doesn't seem to be aligning the way we expected it to. Our prediction model is a little bit off. Let's troubleshoot this and turn it around really quickly. And that's the great thing, actually. So this sort of goes back to your point about the Avic way, that one of the things that I struggled with when I got here was that fail fast is one of the things that we we do. And as a perfectionist, it was terrifying. I didn't want to fail at anything. And I've really had the opportunity to say, okay, here's an idea, I think it could be good, I think we should try it. And the beautiful thing is at Avic you try it and if it doesn't go well, you learn from it and you move forward. And that's been so refreshing to me to know that we can look at the data that we have, make decisions with the information that we know now and drive forward. It's so much more exciting than you know evaluating things for a million years before you get anywhere. <laughs>
1: That sounds like a fantastically healthy and satisfying culture of experimentation. That's just Mm -hmm. wicked.
2: And data is where it's at. We have such good data now. We love our data. Oh my gosh. It's been four and a half years of building this and feel like we've just passed over this milestone into this land of beautiful data. We now have enough of it (laughs) and it's repeatable and it's beautiful and it's accessible. We can answer any question now with the data that we have. So we're really proud of our systems at this point.
1: So, so thinking about that, what would be you know, some of the key ingredients of that system?
2: So from a foundation perspective, we're using Salesforce. Salesforce is the source of truth for everything. And then from a marketing automation perspective, we use Marketo. And from a reporting perspective, we use both Funnel Cake and Insight Squared. And we've just added Slate, which is the flexible version of Insight Squared in order to be able to take data from all different sources, smush it together, and then build it into these beautiful representations of the data. So uh, our digital team has spent a ton of time making sure that things are tagged properly and then using Funnel Cake to make sure that the data is actually clean and accessible. And then from a reporting perspective and visualization perspective, the Slate tool has just been transformational for us. And then on the BDR side, um, our, what would you call it? Our Yeah, so so we recently switched to Sales Loft, which
3: is a cadence planning system for our sales teams, and I am in love with it. It is, it is so great. It's so much more than a dialer. It's really helped us understand how to use our messaging in the most useful way.
1: Great choices. Taking a little bit back to uh, one of your, your earlier comments, you mentioned that shift in measurable metric from appointments booked to uh, Endpoint under management booked. You said that was fairly new. Has that rolled out to the BDR team already?
3: So it has. I was recently listening to a podcast from one of our funders, OpenView, and they have a podcast called Build, it's amazing. But their last podcast of the season was about account-based marketing, and they were talking about how the rollout takes 90 days. And we, I think we made the decision to switch this particular goal from meetings book to endpoint center management Mm -hmm. on a Thursday, Friday. Mm -hmm. We rolled it out on Monday. And it's it's a real testament to the flexibility of our team that they just jumped in and went with it. And we've actually had some very successful results come out of that already.
1: So Mercedes, you talked a bit about how fast and how responsive your team is. What are some of the ways that you enable your BDR team and how do you keep them motivated?
3: Well, we have great coffee here. (laughs) (laughs) Too great sometimes. (laughs) Uh, I would definitely say that I am blessed to have amazing team leads. So that's so important to have people who are kind of in the space and hearing it and living it every day. That has been very helpful for me. And I am a former camp counselor. And I will tell you, hiring camp counselors into marketing or sales is win situation there is some sort of mentality that camp counselors have that just makes working with them delightful and fun and slightly unpredictable but I would say that sort of the the mind of a camp counselor when you're managing a sales team allows you to think up fun spur-of-the-moment motivational games and incentives so we've done all kinds of stuff we have locked everyone in a room and to break out of jail you have to book a demo we have had Chase the Ace, which was inspired by our friends on the East Coast. We have had um, Starbucks for the whole team if they hit quota a day early. We, I mean, it's, it's anything and everything, and it's small and it's quick. So the thing that I really care about is doing the opposite of employee of the month. <laughs> right, You don't want to wait for a formal recognition of your success. You kind of want to see it when it's happening. So we do a lot of small things and we call people out a lot for being amazing. So I have found that allowing the team to take on that role and to cheer for each other is better than me sort of coming down from on high and saying,
2: oh, you did a good job. It's, it's really just about recognizing it in the moment. The other thing that I'll just highlight too is um, there's a real culture of caring about each other. And I think, I, you know, that shouldn't be understated, right? When you truly care about the people that you work with, I think people are motivated to put in that extra effort.
1: So if you were to talk to a company that was either just building out their BDR team or perhaps looking to level it up, maybe moving out of sales into marketing, you know, what would be some of the, the, the kind of first recommendations you could give to them? You know, the things for them to keep in mind. It's
2: so specific to the person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, can, I can talk to you a little bit about the structure here, if that would help. So um, sure. one of the things that, that I've tried to do from a, a building and overall marketing team perspective is really think about how the different functions within the team interact with each other. So, and really allow them to be true to their specific function. So our content team, for example, we treat like a publishing house. So they are accountable to create absolutely amazing content. And that's it, right? I want the best blog. I want the best podcast. I want the best events. And I want to make sure that everybody in our industry recognizes that if they're looking for great insight about what's going on in our space, they're going to turn to OVIC. So valuable content. I want them to think that they're, you know, like they're a publisher. And at the end of the day, they need to generate an audience. And that audience is going to be worth something. That audience is going to be worth something to our digital team. And our digital team's role is to wrap nets around that audience in a way that is sophisticated, elegant, non-intrusive, but gets that audience to actually engage with the content and want to lean in and learn more about OVIC. So they're capturing those leads, they're bringing the leads into our database, and then they're nurturing them over time with the amazing content. Um, but it's their goal to to capture that information about these people. And then we have our BDR team. And the BDR team is responsible for developing those one-to-one relationships with these people who have leaned in to engage with Avic. So they reach out, they have conversations with them, they qualify them, they make sure that they're a good fit because we don't want to force ourselves on anybody. We only want people to engage with us if they're truly interested in learning more about the product and and potentially purchasing the product at some point in the future. So the BDR team's responsibility is to engage with those people, qualify them, and provide that great uh, one-to-one contact before passing them over to sales. So we've got these three silos that work you know they're accountable to each other but they all have their specific role in that overall flow of the marketing team.
1: It sounds like you've built quite a remarkable and efficient machine and it's in the middle of all of this crazy tumultuous growth that's uh, uh, is incredibly impressive. You know, what's the next big thing on the horizon for you guys?
2: So we feel like we're just getting started. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, We've had we've obviously had a lot of success over the last couple of years but this industry that we're in is so huge that we really feel like we're just scratching the surface and getting started. So, we have some exciting news that's, that's coming. I'm sure once this gets aired, it will be out there and everybody will be able to look back and say, ah, I know what she was talking about now. But uh, yeah, world domination is really where we're headed. Uh, there are a lot of networks out there. And right now they're way too difficult to manage. At the end of the day, we want networks to be as easy to manage uh, for a company as turning on the lights. You know, electricity is quite complicated, but it's very easy for people to turn the lights on and off. We want networking to be that easy. And so ultimately, at the end of the day, that is our our goal. And there are still lots of networks in the world that Avik is not on. We'd like that to change.
1: This is fantastic and you shared some amazing tidbits and thank you so much for the time today and looking forward to hearing about the big news that's coming coming out.
2: Thanks for having us on. Thank you so much. And that concludes
0: the first season of Sales Leader Spotlight. We've had a fantastic season interviewing top B2B sales professionals. We hope you've gained valuable insights throughout these past six episodes as we have at Kite. For more information and access to the full season, please visit www.kite.ai slash podcast. Do you know someone we should interview for season two? Maybe it's even yourself. We'd love to chat. Drop us a line at infokite.ai. Thanks for listening to Sales Leader Spotlight. Until next time.